Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. Dylan Everett. What's up, guys? Dylan, we used to serve at the porch together. We're friends. We did. We are. But uh, <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people don't don't know you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Yeah, I'm super excited to be here uh, with everyone listening. Um, I have been a member of Watermark for the past probably four years now. Um, got to serve at the porch for just over two years. Um, and recently just got married to a girl I met at the porch. hey So, yeah, perks of serving. Um, but having a blast. Uh, only a month and a half into marriage and loving it. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun in Dallas last few years. I do commercial real estate here in town, um, and excited to be here. Love it. And we're talking Hebrew six. Hebrew six. So walk us through in your Devo, you talked about the second half of the chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of times you read, uh, these books in the new Testament and Paul or, you know, whoever, whoever wrote the books, um, you know, there's so much that you can, um, pull out of these chapters that sometimes there's different, um, different themes. And so you almost have to pick one and doing these shorter devos on what to focus on. And so Hebrew six, in my opinion, is kind of split into two. Uh, I went with the latter, which, uh, really addresses kind of the assurance that God promises, um, through Jesus. And he walks us through the example that Abraham set in his, you know, promises in the uh, old Testament with him. But, you know, I think it would be unfair to not at least address the first half. Which is um, a little bit trickier. Yeah. So this is a fun, a fun one that a lot of people point to. Um, Hebrews 6 gets brought up a lot when talking about just, can you lose your salvation? Um, and I know that's a tricky topic and um, there's a lot of dense questions that go into that. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, fun that like we get to pick it apart. Chapter 6, verse 6, he says, he's talking about these these people who've tasted, all right, let me start in verse four. It is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come. And they have fallen away. And she's like, huh? They've mm -hmm. fallen away? To restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Mm -hmm. She's like, dang. And then he, I mean, he keeps going. The whole first half of the chapter is like, yeah. A big question mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it begs the question of, okay, uh, you know, accepting Jesus as your savior, you know, becoming a Christian, um, getting to partake in um, tasting the heavenly gift, sharing in the Holy Spirit, tasting the goodness of the word of God, the powers of the age to come. How do you define if you actually experience those, right? Hmm. And I think it's, uh, it's hard, right? Because you can't crawl in anybody else's mind or experience what they have with the Lord directly. Um, but I think that begs the question of how do we apply this? Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. You're serving on the pastoral care team at the porch. You're down front. Guy comes up to you and is like, hey, um, how do I get saved? Like, how do I become a Christian? What's your go-to answer? Yeah. So obviously you could point to scripture in Romans or wherever you feel comfortable highlighting uh, the gospel, you know, the story of redemption, and then you know, the requirement to make a decision, right? To follow Christ and make him Lord of your life. Um, so in, in relation to chapter six here, talking about, can you lose that? Or if you have somebody doubting, have I lost this? 
or can I lose it? I think I would always remind them of what's your heart posture, right? Mm. What's your desire? Is your desire Jesus? If it is, you know, there's scripture laden across the whole Bible that talks about Jesus will, will always be there for you. You know, he stands at the door and knocks. He, he constantly pursues us. So, you know, I think redemption is just the character of God. So I don't know if there's a sin too great. If your heart is in the right place to still pursue him, if you have a repentant and soft heart, I think there's, there's always going to be opportunity to reconcile with, with Jesus. But I think that begs the question of, um, is this addressing people with repentant hearts? Yeah. Okay. So that, that kind of alters the scenario a little bit. So you've got somebody who, let's say they've said, Hey, Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus, Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We've got, okay, I'm saved by faith, Mm -hmm. but now you fast forward the clock in this guy's life. He's made a sinful decision Mm -hmm. and he's like, oh my gosh, have I, have I abandoned my first love? Was I ever, was I ever saved? How could I have done such a horrible thing? Maybe I'm not actually Mm -hmm. a Christian. Yeah. And the, the question then is, hey, is there, can you, can you lose your salvation or is there a threshold for sin in the mm-hmm. life of the believer? Yeah. That's, that'd like sum it up. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's a hard idea to grasp because we're not God, right? We're not the ones making the judgment. It's not um, our decision. It's his, right? Whether we get in or not. Yeah. And so it's our job to pursue him as radically and close to obedience as possible, understanding we're never going to get it perfect, right? Ephesians yeah. 2 it says, for grace by being saved through faith, not by works. So that can easily get into, well, I've done too many bad things. Maybe I lost my salvation. Well, that's not why you were saved in the first place, yeah. you know? Yeah. But obviously, you know, because we're saved, that creates an obedience and, you know, desire for obedience. Yeah. And so you'd say, hey, that fear, mm-hmm. that concern, like, oh my gosh, have I... Gone, gone so far that God would no longer accept me is evidencing repentance in mm-hmm. that person's heart that they'd be so grieved by their mm-hmm. sin because they know how much God hates sin. A hundred percent. And you're yeah. saying, hey, let me remind you, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, mm-hmm. we're not saved on the basis of our performance. Totally. And I think, you know, if there, if there continues to be a pattern of the same sin and their, you know, grievous sins, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's our job as a community of believers to come alongside each other and, you know, sternly like admonish admonish each other of hey you're calling yourself a christian this is not what christians do Mm -hmm. you know not from a place of judgment um, a place of love but a place of love yeah Yeah, because we all mess up we all have our sin issues i mean i have a long list but you know within the church i think it's it's our job to to help encourage each other to get you know back in line and remember your first love right yeah totally i mean that's that's Matthew 18. So you've got two people. You've got the person who is um, saying they're Christian, they're in community, but you're looking, you're a believer and you're looking at your friend's life and you're like, hey, that something doesn't match up. Mm-hmm. And you pursue them and and hopefully have the conversation such that they'd be restored and re- mm-hmm. return, like you just said. Yeah. But then you've got the person who, uh, I, I mean, I think about people I knew in high school and see on Facebook. They said that they were Christians and now they've, totally on their own accord deserted the faith they're like i don't want anything to do with jesus and the question we we'd say to that is is this an example of hebrews 6 were they saved initially were they ever saved mm-hmm. what what would you say to that question dylan that's a good question 
That's a good question. And I think, you know, for me, like, and again, you can't speak for other people, right? right? You haven't walked in their shoes. You haven't lived their life. You haven't struggled with the same things they have. So this is a answer for just me and my own life is reminding myself of, hey, those times that I thought I experienced these things that in chapter six that is talking about, um, you know, being, being enlightened, tasting the heavenly gift, sharing in the Holy Spirit, tasting the goodness of the word of God. I feel like I've experienced those, you know, mm. I feel like those times, you know, whether it was on a mission trip or praying with people, you know, on the side of the road or like just being an incredible community together, you know, digging into sin and being freed from it. Those are things that are not normal things, you know, outside of the Holy Spirit, there's things that have happened in my life that I have no way to describe them. So I think reminding yourself of, I really did experience the Holy Spirit. I did experience the goodness of the word of God. And so that's so good that how could I leave it? Doesn't mean how could I not be obedient to it because I'm still a broken we mess sinner. Up all the time. Yeah. But that deep place in my heart of like, I can't deny the things that have happened, you know? I think I think of like uh, Peter in the in Acts and you know talking before the council about like we can't deny what's happened. Mm -hmm. Jesus was resurrected. There's no there's no way I can lie about it. Like yeah. I don't I don't know how to rebuttal that. So those things in your own life um, to point to and say, man, I can't deny what's happened. You know, and that that spurs me on to like want more of those things, right? Yeah. So you can have more things to pull out and point to and say, how can I deny this? You That's know? a the woman at the well, John 4, yeah. she meets Jesus and she's like, hey, everybody, come meet this guy. He told me everything I ever did. And this spiritual encounter she had is actually what she used to share faith with others. Mm -hmm. that, That's that good. Yeah, testimony. that's a good one. I uh, I think, you know, there's differing views on this. Some people look at this, this chapter and they say, hey, these are uh, believers who lose their salvation. There is a school of thought where people hold that conviction. There are those who think, hey, this is actually Hebrews 6 is just a hypothetical argument. And this is what Watermark would say. Hey, you can't lose your salvation. But when we encounter these passages that raise that question, when we look at the whole of, mm -hmm. of Scripture, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Romans 10, all of those passages, we're left to conclude those people if if that's if we're interpreting this rightly, they must never have been saved to mm -hmm. begin with. Yeah. Because again, our salvation is not on the basis of works. And if you're in a conversation with somebody who's who's wrestling with this, I think First John two, uh, verse what is it nineteen is really helpful. They went out from us because they weren't of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued on with us. But they went out that it might become clear that they were not of us. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of back and forth. They went out and what, what's happening. But the idea is, hey, these people who left the church, they left and that showed us that they never were, yeah. they never were saved. That's when I think about that verse, I'm not God. So I don't know the hearts of those people who I went went to high school with, but maybe in high school, they, they never were saved. And so all this crazy debauchery I see on Facebook isn't, isn't evidencing them rejecting their first love. Maybe they never knew Jesus, mm -hmm. which is sobering. Yeah, sure. When you think about how you engage with yeah. like, people who say they go to church or say they're a Christian and mm -hmm. don't press in. It's like, dang, do they know Jesus? Yeah. And I think it, you know, it at least it, it forces you when you read this to take a look at yourself and say, how do I know I'm saved? Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So that, that'd be my, <laughs> that'd be, as we wrap up, cause we're, we're pushing time. How do you, Dylan, you look at this chapter, 
mm-hmm. answer that question. Like, how do you know you're saved? How do you live differently because yeah, of what you read? Good question. And I think the, the second half of this chapter deals with that, right? And that's a that's a big focus on that I wrote the Devo on is that word assurance. You know, that's a strong word to use. You know, promise, um, covenant. I'm just coming out of marriage and, and a wedding. You've been talking a, about those made a, a covenant. Yeah. So, you know, the word promise has been on my mind a lot and assurance. And, you know, he lays it out here with uh, Abraham first that he he swore by himself because there's no greater being in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. God had to swear on himself. Yeah, verse 13. And so when God swears on himself, it, that's a big deal. There's no, there's no going back on that. And anytime he talks... I'm listening because you learn about his character. And so I think he's showing us in that verse a little bit of his character. He doesn't change, right? And so when he promises something, he doesn't, he's never been wrong. He's never, he's never said something and meant another. He says what he means. And so when he says salvation is for those who believe in me, who put their trust in my son, Jesus, right? Yeah. He's promising us. He has that assurance, you know? He's swearing on himself. Agreed. Yeah. And so, you know, when I think about that, how do I know I'm saved? Because like you said, Romans 9, I accepted Jesus, 9 and 10. (laughs) I accepted Jesus. You know, I confessed with my mouth that he is Lord. I believed in my heart that he was raised from the dead. And then I made him the Lord of my life. Um, And so I can have that assurance. Love it. Dylan, thanks for being here. And I am so glad we're all on this journey together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.